The Minbari warship has been seen in Earth-controlled space. I mean, the Minbari aren't exactly going to be thrilled to find out you're running Babylon 5. We know they have chosen Sheridan the Star Killer to lead this place. The last time I made personal contact with the Minbari warship, I sent it straight to hell. Say a prayer for him tonight. He's agnostic. Then I'll say half a prayer. Hello, and welcome to Who Are You, a Babylon 5 watch cast by a couple of strangers, now friends, who are continuing to get to know each other over one of their favorite shows from their childhood. I am Laura, and wait. Hi, I'm Ben. You're not Jafar. Where's Jafar? No, no, I'm sorry. Jafar has been reassigned. He is the new ambassador to Minbar, and so I am replacing him. Uh, it's okay. I, I've got a, a, a letter from the Senate saying it's all cool. Uh, and so we just we'll keep rolling along as if nothing has changed and I'm not a totally different person. Oh, okay. I wasn't informed of this change. It, it's, it's okay. I've got the paperwork right here. Okay. You know, you'd think, hey, it's centuries in the future. They've gotten rid of paperwork. They didn't. There's still so much paperwork with actual paper. Okay. Well, uh, I guess we'll get started. All right. So this is, uh, don't worry, I've been a long-time listener. I know what, what happens now. This is the part where I get to ask you, what do you want? No. No, not that question. What do you want? Anything but that. It's all right. Well, just tell me, what do you want? No. You still haven't answered my question, Ambassador. What do you want? Well, what do you mean, what do I want? What do you want? Do you really want to know what I want? You really want to know the truth? I wanna really, really, really wanna zig a zig Does that answer your question? Well, I'll tell you what I want. I want to co-host this podcast some more. <laughs> I'm so glad you're back. <laughs> I'm back. Hi, Laura. This is Jafar, listener. I'm not posted on Mimbar. That gig on Mimbar didn't last long. No. No, I am... I am way too loud and boisterous to be hanging around Vimbar. It did not last long at all. <laughs> the religious cast kicked you out? <laughs> For sure. Well, we're glad to have you back on the podcast. It's actually the worker cast. I started to try and change some of the electrical around in the apartment they gave me, and they were very upset with how I did it. So. <laughs> <sighs> all right. Well, we got uh, season two, episode one here, Points of Departure. Yeah. We, we noticed that when we open up this episode, we are on Earth Alliance ship Agamemnon. The Agamemnon. Yep. It indicates to us that it is January 8th, 2259. So it's been about one week since the mm -hmm. events of the season one finale. Yep. The Agamemnon, of course, named for the famous king from the Trojan War, but also a uh, name in the history of ships, the HMS Agamemnon. Uh, having had six ships with that name so far in the uh, Royal Navy. Uh, most famous was captained by Lord Nelson at Trafalgar. Oh, you have a lot of history on this. I did some <laughs> research. This isn't where I did my research. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't overlap, though. Bruce Boxleitner is wrapping up some assistance with getting rid of some hijackers. Is that how you say his name? Captain John Sheridan, Earth Force. Boxleitner? I, that's what said... I thought. Boxlitner is how I've always pronounced it my entire life. Oh, well, I was just assuming that this is like I've got no idea if I'm correct. 
Yeah, I don't I don't either. But here's where my assumption comes from. Okay. That this name looks like it's of German descent and the E I sound is always pronounced like I in German. Okay. And I E is always pronounced like E. So I just assumed it was Box Leitner. But Okay. I don't well, know that. We will, we'll look into it. Um not for this episode or next episode because we're recording back to back to your listener yeah. so if we mess it up next time it that's why but <laughs> by episode three of season two we'll know how to say that name we'll get it right mm-hmm. <laughs> yep we open up on captain sheridan here on a nondescript mission wrap-up very bland like oh we did our mission it was mm-hmm. a mission it was very missiony we, we did a good job <laughs> yep and uh, they get a gold channel message coming through from the Joint Chiefs, a renegade Mimbari warship that never accepted peace is been sighted in the area. Sheridan having a victory over a Mimbari cruiser is to work with the Mimbari on finding the ship before it does any damage. He also has a special order from the president to cut to Ivanova. <laughs> this general, did you clock him? No. This is Robert Foxworth is the actor. He's one of the great military men of 90s sci-fi. He is also Admiral Layton in DS9. And subsequently, subsequently, he is Changeling Layton later in DS9. (laughs) Spoilers for for a show we're not reviewing. (laughs) (laughs) No, my husband compared him to uh, the love child of Russell Crowe and Kelsey Grammer. That is solid. Yeah. That is a solid comparison. I can and see that. If you look up, you know, just Robert Foxworth and you see some pictures of him in the 70s, uh, you see a very impressive mustache that obviously belonged to and was in Hawaii 5 Nice. Yeah. Anyways, Ivanova on B5 notes Sinclair was mysteriously recalled to Earth. The place has gone straight to hell. By her words, Ivanova is taking out on some randos in an elevator. Yeah. Garibaldi's still in a (laughs) cocoon. Garibaldi's still in a cocoon. Episode took a weird turn. Interesting place you have here. (laughs) Garibaldi is still in a coma and Dillette is still in a giant cocoon. The general calls Ivanova and tells her that Sinclair won't be back to theme. Yeah. And we get that sweet, sweet season two episode theme. Uh, it's so good. The aides all get added to the opening credits, along mm-hmm. with Talia and a Warren Kiefer, a, a pilot. And he's in this episode for like five seconds. Yeah. Just to <laughs> but he gets added to the title credit. theme. <laughs> we come back to Ivanova, who is told Sinclair has been made ambassador at the request of the Mimbari and that John Sheridan is taking over Babylon 5. Ivanova notes having served with him before on IO. And also he is a controversial choice, but everything else is need to know. Yeah. So there's something in his past that makes him, ooh, is he the right person? Yeah. Yeah, we find out. We don't have to wait long. No, it's a nice Babylon 5 mystery that settles itself in the episode it's presented. Yeah. We cut to an unnamed Mimbari who is obviously Grey Council that showed mm-hmm. up at Delenn's quarters while Lanier is watching over the cocoon. And he angrily monologues for a while about how she should have let the prophecy attend to itself. And then he tells Lanier that the Trigati has been seen in this sector. So they mm-hmm. 
the Mimbari also know what the Earth Force knows, that there's a rogue cruiser out there. And he says, if the Trigati comes here, Lanier needs to go to the humans and tell them the truth. Yeah. Which I think is interesting, given at the end of this episode, Lanier is pissed he didn't have, he didn't tell them more. <laughs> and he, like, his orders here are very nondescript on what to tell the humans, right? Mm -hmm. Like, tell the humans the truth. And he's all like, oh, I wish I could have told the humans about this other prophecy and all this other stuff. And it's just all like, he didn't say don't tell the humans those things. Like, yeah. he 100% could have told the humans those things, Lanier. But <sighs> that's fine. All in how you interpret the order, sir. Yep. Meanwhile, Sheridan arrives on Babylon 5 much earlier than expected. And I need to know how. Mm -hmm. Like, his ship and the shuttle should be in constant comms, right? Mm -hmm. If they're not in constant comms, like, they would at least be updating each other with statuses when available, like GPS, right? Like, your yeah. car knows where you're at. That would right? be a thing, you would think. And air traffic control is either completely automated and they'd know because it'd be like, hey, the ship's coming in and the computer would tell them mm -hmm. or it's completely manual and you definitely know because you just docked that shuttle. <laughs> and it's just like, how does this happen? How does the shuttle just mysteriously dock and it's, oh, oh it's here already. What? It happens Doesn't because we need the funny moment when she grabs that security guard with the, the yeah. TSA agent to help to her be the honor guard <laughs> yeah to help her greet the captain and another question i have for you is so sheridan indicates that there's a problem with the unloaders do we think these unloaders you know with quotes around it are machines or union guys hmm <laughs> <laughs> It seems like it could be either at this point, right? <laughs> it could be. Given this show, it could be either. Yep. <laughs> Sheridan, not pro-union. Anyways, uh, we do get the funny scene with Ivanova uh, grabbing that TSA agent to be the honor guard. Ivanova and Sheridan have some time uh, to catch up on events while touring the station. And it's basically, hey, here's what happened in the finale. So mm -hmm. you don't have to go and watch the episode. We see a Mimbari warrior come through space TSA and then heads to the diplomatic sector. And while this is all going on, uh, Sheridan revels in the possibility of a real shower. Mm, a shower. Yeah. As Ivanova addresses the elephant in the room. And Sheridan talks about his existing good relationship with almost everyone. He's like, look, I was out on the rim. I was doing stuff with the League of Non-Aligned Worlds. Like, I was stationed outside of the Satori homeworld for a like I've got the Nards I've got good relations with everyone except the Mimbari who hate me because of a blood oath <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we do find that apparently those President Santiago tapped him as the next in line Ivanova theorizes that the Mimbari may not be happy with this and Sheridan agrees with that point mm -hmm. it is kind of the opposite though because Sinclair really didn't have any interaction with anyone besides the Mimbari beforehand, as far as we could tell. Uh -huh. He was friends with Delenn. We knew that, but mm -hmm. he was very much like the Mimbari guy. And okay, you got the Mimbari guy. We're going to give you the everyone else guy now. Yeah. Sheridan asks Ivanova how everyone is handling the president's death. Yeah. And 
one of the monologues, all of our feelings about watching the Oklahoma City bombing, 9-11, Hurricane Katrina, coronavirus pandemic, and everything else. <laughs> Sheridan's going to go take that shower. Yeah. <laughs> but before he does, he starts a clock, 24 hours to give his good luck speech uh, that he does every time he takes command somewhere. Walking about, our great council member sees our warrior, and we get a name, Colleen. He's pissed and vaguely threatens to blow the station to commercial. Yeah, we come back from commercial with Ivanova entering med lab to check on Garibaldi. Franklin says that they've stabilized his condition, which I would hope in a week you could do that. <laughs> and now all they can do is wait. Garibaldi's body is fighting a battle and they've done everything they can to help. So Ivanova says she'll say half a prayer for him tonight and leaps. Yeah, he's agnostic. He only gets half a prayer. Yeah. This has to be the easiest paycheck of Jerry Doyle's acting career. Mm -hmm. He had one five-second take they used twice of him laying still. He didn't even <laughs> have to do makeup or anything. Just lay there. Yeah. You're good. We got our five seconds. We're going to play it twice. Yep. If only every job was so easy. Right. We cut to Sheridan practicing his speech before walking into CNC. He tells a story about meeting the Dalai Lama for dinner and his lack of understanding. He continues on his speech, but gets interrupted by the Gray Council member warning the command staff about Colleen and that he's from the Trigati. So Sheridan's all like, oh, they told me that name in yeah. the cold open. I know this. Yeah, yeah. He tries to connect the dots on the Minister of Culture, who refuses to recognize Sheridan's authority. He's still pissed at him, his unhonorable combat, and that they lost a single ship while they slaughtered just countless humans, just... They killed mm -hmm. so many humans. They blew up so many ships and they're still upset about losing one. Yeah. Weird. Look. You have to admit it is kind of a interesting mirror though, that like you've got this giant superpower, right? And then you've got this kind of younger, not necessarily younger country. I mean, uh, planet, I mean, race, uh, mm -hmm. that, uh, is definitely just completely going to be militarily overwhelmed and everyone knows it. Right. Mm-hmm. But they managed to sink the flagship. Huh. <laughs> Weird. Huh. <laughs> Anyways, they discuss the situation and Sheridan sluice the Grey Council member. They come to the conclusion that Delenn is a target, just in time to cut to Delenn being targeted. Uh, notorious <laughs> ass kicker Lanier is ready to defend Delenn when station security busts in and Lanier's just like, shit or get off the pot if you're going to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah big mood just like look if you're gonna kill me kill me but if you're not i'm gonna get back to work okay thanks i feel like uh i've had some conversations with fellow millennials who worked retail who have this exact mood yeah yeah it's a big mood kaylin gives up on it and sheridan introduces himself to lanier who asks him to come back next episode we move to an interrogation chamber where sheridan wants to know what up but clayne isn't saying shit he's like i know my rights pig Lanier shows up to info dump Sheridan and catch him up on the whole plot of the show. They talk about the reason for the Mimbari War, the Battle of the Line, picking up Sinclair, revealing that Mimbari are being reborn in humans, which I think we've known at this point of the plot. And if we haven't, I've definitely spoiled on podcast before. So congrats <laughs> on catching up, everyone, if that's the case. Yeah. Changes are coming. Sinclair living on Mimbar is the first. Wonder what the next one is. Mm. Uh, what giant cocoon could be forming that change? Yeah. 
<laughs> and then a Mimbari cruiser busts through the jump gate with gun ports open, like fucking always. Yes. It makes such a big deal out of it. And it's like, this has been a plot point at least three times on this show now. Of course, the Mimbari cruiser has gun ports open. That's how it always works. Right. We shouldn't be surprised at this point. Yep. <laughs> we had a whole thing about it. We cut back to Warren Kiefer earning his intro credit scene. Yeah. <laughs> reviewing a hollow letter from home. I thought this was a really nice little CGI thing they did. Mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely a... part of the upgrade in quality the show experiences in right. season two. It's that, you know, this is the first episode. We're going to pull out some stops. So mm -hmm. here's this hollow letter. A very memeable moment, too. It was. This is much better done than when they were playing hollow Knight's chess thing with the two guys with swords fighting, which in season one. Uh -huh. Which JMS, if you're bringing back, let me be one of the guys with swords. I've got all my own gear. I'll fly myself wherever. I don't care. I'll do it. <laughs> Please tweet me. Please tweet me, JMS. <laughs> so the fighters get scrambled. The cruiser is confirmed to be the Trigati, who demands their captain is returned to them. <laughs> they get so bleak. Yeah. Uh, he's like, like, he hasn't done anything. Uh, the only real crime is murder. And he didn't murder anyone. So give him yeah. back to us. No other crimes count. Busting in, attempted murder. None of it. None of it's a Breaking real Breaking and entering is not a thing. No, not a real crime. Assault is not a thing. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. She declares that all that remains is honor and death. And <laughs> uh, Avant was like, I thought I was a pessimist. Yeah. <laughs> and Sheridan deduces that they're trying to commit suicide by Starkiller. He notes uh, as during the fight. Yeah, because we, we do start the fight here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's not a fight, but yes. It, yes, the, yes. The ships begin to engage. Yeah. He notes as the fighters begin to engage that the station system shouldn't be able to track these Minbari fighters. These are the same ones that were used during the war, and they couldn't track them. And the system is the same as was used during the war. So everything said, points to they want to be caught. Uh, the only reason that they should be able to track these fighters is because they want to die. Yeah. So Sheridan orders the Earth Force fighters not to fire and has Ivanova send a message through the jump gate. The The Mimbari fighters do fly right past without firing. Mm -hmm. And another Mimbari ship comes through the jump gate. The new cruiser orders the Trigati to surrender. And then Sheridan explains his ideas to Ivanova. Yeah. He sussed out this whole plot. Oh, and the captains of the Mimbari cruiser suicide pilled himself. Yeah. During all of this. Kalein at some point takes out his poison tooth. <laughs> yeah. Cracks it open in his hands and then like licks the tooth. It's so gross. Like, the whole thing is gross. <laughs> just like, I thought the whole point of these was like, you didn't need your hands. You like crack the tooth in your mouth. Like, ah, I bit real hard and did the capsule thing. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Like, you shouldn't it's, need to take it out of your mouth. That you may, yeah. your hands may be tied. Yeah. Mm, yeah, you don't know what situation you're going to be captured in when you want that suicide pill. Yeah. Have I ever told you I have a thing about teeth? Like, no. I, I, I dream about like teeth my teeth are gross. No, like, I mean, just like I have dreams about my teeth sometimes that like they're that they're moving around in my mouth or they're becoming wiggly or they shatter in my mouth or they just start falling out. Oh uh, my God, that's terrible. I've had nightmares where my teeth fall out. If uh -huh. I like don't brush my teeth after thinking about how much I should brush my teeth, I will yeah. have nightmares about my teeth falling out. Thanks, mom. 
<laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think mine's connected to anything necessarily. I'm sure that somebody out there who analyzes these things would know exactly what's wrong with me. Um, yeah. But I, I've yeah, even your asked teeth my moving around, though. That's awkward. That's crazy. Yeah. I've asked my dentist, like, hey, do I grind my teeth or something? Mm -hmm. Like, maybe I'm grinding my teeth and that's giving me dreams about it. And they don't see anything. They say my mm -hmm. teeth look fine. So okay. it's just my brain, just my brain meets. Oh, good. <laughs> so now it's I'm so going to dream. harder to fix than grinding your teeth. You can't just put a retainer on your brain. <laughs> right. Stop having those nightmares. <laughs> I'm going to have the poison tooth nightmare tonight. Just watch. Oh, I hope not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wouldn't have brought it up. I would have just left the plot point alone. <laughs> no, it's a very valid point. Thank you for bringing it up. Anyways, after all this, the Trigati refuses to surrender to the other Mimbari cruiser, to Babylon 5, to anyone. They're just mm -hmm. like, okay, we're going to jump. And then the other Mimbari cruiser just cuts its engines just right the fuck off, just slices yeah. them in half. And they're just like, uh, I guess we're blowing ourselves up now. Yeah, they choose self-destruct over surrender. Because I think they note that, like, it was just the engines that were hurt. Nobody yeah. should have been harmed. But the Trigati decides to blow itself up instead. Yeah, yep, just not going to deal with it. Just going to blow ourselves up. Yeah, the war cruiser hails Babylon 5 and Sheridan tries to say thanks, but they rebuff like, him. like, fuck you, Starkiller. Yeah, this is your fault, obviously. You yeah. were just sitting here. Yep, if you hadn't <laughs> blown up that Mimbari cruiser 12 years ago, we wouldn't have had to have done this. <laughs> Meanwhile, they killed millions upon millions upon... Anyways, yeah. Ivanova stops to go check that Sheridan's personal effects have arrived. And notes the motors uh, finally got on it. Yep. Diplomatic relations are going to be weekend with the Mimbari. He notes he has a long way to earn their trust. And Ivanova tells him not to beat himself up over it. Lanier, meanwhile, logs some further plot points for mm -hmm. us to question about the secret enemy. While talking to the cocoon. Yeah. <laughs> Can only be defeated by the humans and the Mimbari working together and the cocoon stirs. We cut to Kiefer, Franklin, and Ivanova. Kiefer, for some reason, is yeah. now friends with like, oh, we're just at the bar like we always were in every episode of season one. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, having a drink, talking about Sheridan. And they're like, oh, we invited him. Where is he? And then they're like, wait, oh, his speech. And it cuts to CNC where he's giving a speech to an empty room to hit his 24 hours of taking command. Mm-hmm. And we hear him make a reference to an Abraham Lincoln speech mm -hmm. about our last best hope. And what's funny about this <laughs> to me is there's a Star Trek Picard book that introduced kind of that whole section of the Star Trek universe before the show the, started, before the series started. That's called Last Best Hope. Mm -hmm. And I saw that I got that book and I, I told my husband, I was like, they stole that from Babylon 5. And my husband said, that's an Abraham Lincoln speech. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, JMS. <laughs> I assumed Last Best Hope was associated with Babylon 5. <laughs> Did not know the historical context until that moment. <laughs> <laughs> so the, apparently the reference was there. I just never caught it. Yeah. And, All right. And that's it. We've introduced a whole new season of Babylon 5. Nothing was wrapped up in this. Except we've got, you know, Linear explained to us some of the Midbari's whole deal. Yep. But Garibaldi's still in a coma. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I, there's a lot of that stuff that ties to my rating of the show of this episode. Oh, yeah. We still have to rate it. So I'm going to go ahead and say I give this a three out of five. Okay. Solely because of all of the stuff that's still left on the table to linger. It doesn't really feel like it's part two of the two-parter yeah. that would have been the season finale, season premiere. And I understand why. Like, you had to introduce Sheridan. You had to set him up. You had to get him ready for the stuff that happens in the next episode. Mm-hmm. And you can't just throw a new commander on and then run with the plot of the next episode. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So I understand why they had to bring him in before they could wrap all that stuff up. Even uh, JMS said that if Sinclair didn't go away, if uh, Michael Heard hadn't left the show at this point, that episode two would have been episode one and that mm-hmm. this plot with the Trigati would have actually been episode three of the season. Yeah, it really is kind of a, a big hurdle to get over and that, you know, we had this huge plot with Chrysalis mm-hmm. with the president dying and all that. And we've just sort of forgotten it for this episode in order to deal with, a you know, another Mimbari misunderstanding kind of mess. Yeah, um, honestly, I think that this episode, specifically the next episode, and we'll talk about it when we get there, works better with Sinclair than it does Sheridan, specifically the stuff mm-hmm. with Garibaldi. Oh, yeah. I could, I can totally see that. But obviously, that was not the cards that were dealt to the series. That's just, it's a solid episode, though. Like, Sinclair's a really good character. They do a really good job of making him feel different than. Guess what you just said. I know. Well, it's because I'm about to say the other one in the same sentence. They do a really good oh, job okay. of making Sheridan feel different than Sinclair. Okay. My, my brain was putting words in the wrong order. Um, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> making him his own thing uh, and introducing him to the crew and having him interact with people. They do a really good job of that. The plot is very good. Like the whole <laughs> thing with the Trigati is very good. The whole Mimbari don't kill Mimbari thing and like how you kind of try and get around that. Like culturally, you would have to try and get around that for some stuff to happen for like conflict, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see that's how they dance around that. And it's like, well, I wasn't going to kill Delenn. I was going to force someone else to make me accidentally kill Delenn by shooting me while I'm holding a gun that's pointed at her. And I just reflex pulled the trigger. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually kill them, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah. all the different setups that they go through in this episode to try and force violence to be the only option. And then none of them work. Yeah, I, I think I would give this one a three as well, just because I do like the bits in it. It's just a real shame that Michael O'Hare couldn't come back for one or two episodes and yeah. then like get pulled away, you know, instead of just being shuffled away off screen. Like, I think this episode could have been very interesting if Sinclair was in charge of the station. Yeah. And, you know, maybe Sinclair and Sheridan meet briefly um, before he's pulled away or. Yeah, I think in a perfect version of this where everything else still happens the way it happens, you have episode two be episode one. You have that just be with Sinclair and then you have Mm, this be episode two or three and you use it to introduce Sheridan. And at the end, Sinclair gets pulled away. Or maybe mm-hmm. Sinclair gets pulled away right at the end of before this and Sheridan gets reassigned and then this episode stands the way it does. Yeah, yeah. Because, I, I, you know, one thing that I think we kind of glossed over in talking about the plot, Ivanova asked Sheridan about how he took out the Black Star flagship. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that, you know, he tells us he mined an asteroid field between Jupiter and Mars. And I don't know if in previous discussions of the Membari War, we got something that tangible about how so. close close they were to Earth. Like, Yeah, well, I mean, well, the line was, the line is literally outside of Earth. Okay. You know. I don't remember that. Okay. But, you know, that the conversations that Sheridan and Sinclair could have had about mm -hmm. their experience and about like Sinclair now working with the Mimbari and having great respect for them. And yeah, it's just a shame that could, that couldn't have happened. Also like knowing what happens to Delenn next episode, that kind of adds stakes to uh Colleen and killing her. Mm -hmm. You know, if that happens after she comes out of the cocoon, which spoilers for next episode, she comes out of the cocoon. Yeah. Um, which I think is even in the preview text. Anyways, she comes out of the cocoon and uh, obviously that is a transformational process. So she is transformed in a way that we will discover next episode. Like the argument could be made that, well, I can kill her because she's no longer Mimbari. Uh-huh. Or, you know, and you can you can get some spicy dialogue in there between Kalane and a Delenn who is not in a cocoon, you mm -hmm. know, about what it is to be Minbari or what yeah. she's doing versus what he's doing. Like that, that could have been a really fun conversation. Yep. And these are the reasons why it gets a three out of five for me. It's, I really liked the episode though. Solid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I watched this episode. I think I told you this um, in right Chrysalis, after. but yeah. Yeah. I watched it immediately after Chrysalis because for one thing, my brain could not pull up how, like what we said about Sinclair, like how mm -hmm. did that, resolve how did we go from this ending of chrysalis to all of a sudden sinclair's not there and so i needed to i needed to get that in my brain right away like how did sinclair go away and i was just trying to get some closure from that damn episode <laughs> and i nope. watched watched points of departure immediately afterwards and thought damn <laughs> get closure on anything did like, you go right to relevations after that too Revelations? No, I didn't go right to Revelations after that. I gave that some time. Okay. But well, that's our next episode, season two, episode two, Revelations. Mm -hmm. uh, Londo becomes further indebted to the sinister Morden. Dr. Franklin uses an experimental procedure to bring Garibaldi out of his coma. That's all HBO Max gives us. Yeah, that's some of the things that happen in the episode. Yeah. That's some of it. <laughs> <laughs> Revelations, just to spoil a little bit, like, when I started making my notes, I was like, Jesus Christ, there's a lot of different things happening. It is a packed episode, much like the finale was. Yeah. And we'll talk about it more next week. Yep. But until then, uh, we have to, of course, thank Jeremy Siegel for our wonderful theme music. You can find more of his work at jeremysiegel42.bandcamp.com. And thank you to Angry Duck Time Machine on Instagram for our podcast artwork. And thank you to you, the listener, for sticking it out and coming back for season two of Who Are You? Yep. If you would like to reach out to us, you can find us at whoareyoub5 at gmail.com or we have a Discord. We have a Discord. We'll post the links or if you need it, email us. But I think it's just on our Facebook right now is where you can find it. Mm -hmm. And Discord's been a lot of fun. Thank you to yeah. everyone who's jumped in the Discord and has been participating in a conversation. It's been really cool to just talk about Babylon 5 casually. Um, yeah, been enjoying it a great deal. Sometimes I'm not able to get to it for a few hours and there's like 20, 20 <laughs> comments and I love it. Yeah. I love going back through it and, and getting in there. 
All right. Well, we'll see you next week, Internet, for Revelations. Bye.